This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to Buckets. My guest today is good at sports and a good sport. Please welcome to the show, Billy Scafuri. You getting bucket buckets. I'm here. Would you describe me as buckets returning champion? Mm-hmm. You would. You're like borderline co-host. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Who is it like uh, on Dave Letterman or Jay Leno? Like whenever they cancel, like a, a last minute cancellation. Like, right. Let's just call this guy. He's right. done the show 41 times. <laughs> that really goes to show how little I have to do with my day. <laughs> or how much of a fan favorite you are. Okay, got it. I right, yeah. slide you in. It's like, this is great. We'll go with fan favorite. Fan favorite. Much better for the ego. Fan favorite Billy Scafuri. Right. You're like the Tim Allen of buckets. Tim Allen? Yeah. I the tool know. man? I feel like there was somebody, there was like a, who did the most, was it like Tom Hanks? No, it wasn't Right. Tom Hanks. I know what you mean though. Was it Joan Rivers? Most Jay Leno appearances. Oh, we're just talking guest, or are we talking when we're Letterman talking gets guest. sick? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, guest, guest, guest. Okay. Not like guest, ho- not like replacement host. A good example might be Alec Baldwin on yeah, Saturday Night Live. That's great. Where it's like, oh, Meg Ryan dropped out in 1999. Let's yeah. get Alec Baldwin. He's always or available. Like Steve Martin. Or sure. Something. Okay, so I'm sort of like the fantasy or the the podcast basketball Steve Martin. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Took us a long road to get there, but we firmly established who I am to this show. You are wearing a fake arrow through your head, so it stands to reason. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, what are we here? We're talking about NBA awards. Right. So we wanted to draft some stuff. That's our go-to. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit different. You suggested NBA awards. Right. They start off real, and then they get a little silly. Yeah. I That's mean, we're both basketball difference. fans. We're both writers. So That's why right. not play with their rules and make some of our own? That's right. Let's get creative. And right. like, honestly, it doesn't matter who we think will win defensive player of the year. That's I boring. I don't know. But would who would you say? Sure. Let's give it to fucking Joel Embiid or Giannis. Sure. Gobert comes in third. Yeah. It's, okay. It's the guy who, when I close my eyes, I imagine him like getting beat on a pump fake, but still recovering enough right. to block the shot. Right. Like, wow, that was really good defense. Our defensive player of the years, and I know we just said we're not going to talk about it, and here we are, but our defensive player of the years generally blockers. Like, is it block guys? Yeah. I think they used to be like a little, a little, um, they just gave it to like the best player who is good at defense like Hakeem Olajuwon. Blocks and steals? Yeah, is it blocks that? and steals. Categor- categorically though, right? Because it's not like, I feel like Iguodala in the playoffs, like somehow like just denies the ball to well, the, like where it's like, is there like deeper metrics where it's like so, this person shuts players down a different way? Yeah, so it used to be like blocks and steals, like Ben Wallace, most right. rebounds, most blocks. But right. then like writers got smarter. There was mm-hmm. like this Zach Lowification of like, actually there's defensive player efficiency, right. how the team does when... They- and that's when, like, Kawhi started, like, right. taking off. Or, like, this guy doesn't necessarily get a lot of steals, but you know what? It's because he's so smart. He doesn't go for a lot of steals. And they don't bring the ball to him when he's guarding them. It's like a great shutdown corner in football. It's like we're just not going to throw to them. That's right. Game. The best corner doesn't get interceptions because nobody's throwing it to him. That's right. So there's, like, advanced metrics that show how good of a player. I think, like, Marcus Gasol won Defensive Player of the Year award. Really? And he wasn't, like, blocking any shots because, like, he figured out and the, the smart writers figured out, like, mm. let's not give it to the guy who goes for every block because right. that's a fake statistic that doesn't necessarily help defense. He's staying in front of his man and right. forcing him to shoot a lower percentage mm-hmm. around the rim. I wonder if we'll ever get to the the time where algorithms determine who wins the NBA awards. <laughs> That'd be cool. You know, it's kind of like in baseball, like there's a batting champion and that's just the number that ended at the end of the season. This the guy who had that best average. average. Yeah, and like sometimes what'll happen is two guys will be like racing and it's like, if you go one for four this game, you win the batting title, you know? And so what teams will do is either start the guy or not start the guy based on whether it's too much of a risk for him to lose the batting title 
because it goes down to like a thousandth of a percent. That's right. It, it, it becomes almost like fantasy basketball where it's like, oh, right. I'm leading a field goal percentage. Let me sit this guy right. because he might go one for 10 and ruin it. Right. But like there's like sports writers now just get to give their opinions on who is the MVP. Yeah, it should be objective. Right. So there's no most valuable. It's just who scored the most points. Right. But now for this podcast, we're going to be the sports writers and do exactly what we're complaining about and give out the awards (laughs) for things that we think people have won and lost. Okay, let's start with a few real ones just to get us in the mode. Good. And then we'll start with the fake categories that we created. Good. Uh, let's just start right off the bat with the big boy, the MVP. Yeah. Who do you think deserves to win the most valuable player? So we should establish that, uh, maybe the way that we do this is that we loft out a few people that we think should be nominated for the award and then collectively we decide. That's right. Is that a good play as opposed to one person just saying this is the winner? Yeah. And then maybe people can sort of decide at home as they're listening. Exactly. Okay. So let's toss out a few obvious ones. Yep. James Harden. Correct. He's having an all-time scoring (laughs) season. That's right. I think he scored the most points uh, since Michael Jordan. In a, in a singular season? In a singular season. Yeah, that makes sense. He's like in the upper 2000s of points. And it's not the Houston Rockets, it's the Houston Hardens. That's right. You he know what everything. I mean? Like, Capella wouldn't be as great if Harden didn't no, have the ball. That's correct. And was giving him these easy buckets. <laughs> that's right. Like, you don't hear Chris Paul's name. Yeah. You know, he's doing his job to a certain extent, but you don't hear Chris Paul's name. And you don't he, hear Eric Gordon's name. Th- which brings up an even weirder point. Isn't he also like leading the league in assists? Harden? Is, I believe he has at least 10 a game. That No, really? Because I feel like there's certain games where you text me and you're like, Harden dropped 63 on zero assists. Okay, I'm wrong. He's top 10 in assists. Wow. But he's eighth. Wow. Yeah. Still a lot. Russell Westbrook leading the NBA in assists. Of course. That's funny. And he had 20 rebounds last <laughs> night. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. The guy who's known for shooting too much. Also leads the NBA in assists right. per game. He's also the only person averaging 10 assists per game. Russell Westbrook. I feel like that stat used to have some 12s, 11s, 10s. Yeah, the Steve Nashes of the world. Yeah, right, Stockton, right. like 13, 14 Single category point guards aren't exactly what they once were. Westbrook is the only person averaging more than 10 assists per game. Mm-hmm. How many are uh, averaging over nine? <clears throat> uh, we got... Westbrook at 10, uh, Lowry already under nine. Yeah, Number under eight. nine. So there's no one in the nines. 8.8. Okay, great. Well, anyway, Harden has kind of willed his team, it feels like. Yes. It's like if you're a fantasy basketball player, you watch only his numbers go up. And they're now, you know, they started off cold. Now they're like at 53 wins, something like that. They'll probably finish the year with like 56 and like a, what, a four seed, something like that? Yeah, they might even be a three seed at this point. Right. So, I mean, like, he has put a team on his back in the hardest conference and just carried them. He's certainly the most valuable player in the West. Right. And the West is probably the dominant conference, so there's that. Okay. Okay. And then there's Giannis out East. Yes. Who's the classic best player on the best team. Right. They'll win 60 games. Right. They'll have the best record of the NBA. Mm -hmm. He is unequivocally the best player on that team. And that's a good team. That's a team full of talent. That's right. Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, those guys all can really ball. That's right. Brooke Lopez, too. But without him, when the games that he sits, (laughs) they they a mess. That's right. They are a mess. (laughs) That's right. Right. So it really, this just depends on what you consider the MVP. Is okay. it the best player on the best team? Is it the guy who scored the most? Was right. it a historic season? Was it the guy who like is the most unguardable, is the most best two-way player? However you slice it, you end up with a different answer. So let's look at it like this. If there are two of them, yes. are, we, are we agreeing that these are now our finals two? Like Westbrook is having another just banana statistical season, but... Their team's going to end up the seven seed probably, so... Can't give it to Westbrook. Can't give it to Westbrook. You can, but we are not. He might not even be the best player on his team. So the MVPs are potentially, (laughs) you're right, Harden, 
and Giannis. That's so right. now let's try and find out a metric that can help us decide faster. Okay. If, which team is worse playing against the same team? All right. So let's say playing against the Toronto Raptors, uh-huh. a good defensive team. That's right. Which team is worse? Rockets without Harden or Bucks, uh, without, Bucks without Giannis? Which team loses worse or play, you know, what's the final score of those games? They're not great. Like, either one. Okay. I think Toronto's favored by 10 in both games. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe. The Rockets without Harden is worse. I think so too. Yeah, I think the Rockets are substantially worse without Harden. They still got Chris Paul. Yeah, but what is Chris Paul in 2019? <laughs> he's he's still my. He's roughly Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I guess so. He's with an arrow pointing worse. down. Yes, he's trending down. He's trending down, and yes. it's like I just don't know what he is without a superstar next to him. What he's is not. He's not the superstar a team needs. What does your gut tell you? My gut tells me that the MVP of this season is Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> and that's because his team is better because he's a better two-way player because Harden already won last year. Um, the first two. I think the first two. I think uh, he's a better player. I think he's just had a better statistical season. I think he's a better defensive player. And his team is going to win 61 games. Yeah. You know, they're going to be... I think that's an important part. Yep. You know, it's like if it's just so granular as to like who had a better individual season, then it's like, well, who finished first? That's right. Yeah. I, I, I also give it to Giannis. Best Gian- player, best team. It was his Relatively year. unguardable. He didn't score 36 points a game, but he didn't need to. Right. He got more rebounds than Harden. He, he played put, better defense than Harden. And he brought his team into a first place finish in the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks. That's a good, that's a good, I mean, that's good for Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember Milwaukee finishing first in my lifetime. <laughs> that's right, at anything. <laughs> you might I guess there was a year right the about, Packers won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess so. They that's did, close. They've had Aaron Rodgers. Okay, right. so Giannis wins. Giannis right off the bat. Okay. Congratulations. Second category we are giving out, it's still an actual category, and that category is Rookie of the Year. Another two-man race. That's And maybe we don't have to give it as much time. That's right. Because I think that, well, actually, who do you think? Just right out the gate, who would you say it is? I'd give it to Luca. You'd give it to Luca. It's Luca or Trey. Are you still thinking about Luca present day? Like, I know that he came out the race hot. Yes. My instinct is that he is a marathon runner who ran the first lap around a track or whatever, a mile race around as fast as you could. But there's this other guy, Trey Young, who is just steady yep. and figuring out his pace a little bit more. And in the totality of the season, I think that my money's on Trey. I so think, we have to convince one another who's okay. wrong here. I think Luca has been having a Trey Young type season, but for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Trey Young started off not great. Yes. So the fact that Trey Young caught up to Luca is impressive. Mm-hmm. And now they might be roughly the same player. Okay. But if we're going for rookie of the year, right. the totality of the year, right. then we got to give it to the player who was better for longer. Let's consider that when Trey Young's season started, he didn't have his best player on his team. He was missing John Collins and That's the right. team was really, he didn't know what you, they were finding their footing. So Luca definitely came in a little bit more NBA ready, but That's perhaps correct. in a better situation. That's correct. With slightly more pros and slightly higher expectations of we need to win. More pros, less cons. Right. Nice. Right. <laughs> Thinking of anybody who's a con on the Hawks. Um, yeah, I guess that I just really fell in love with Trey. And I think a lot of NBA fans did too. And I'd be curious, I could give it to Luca without caring, but I'd be curious what next year looks like i think trey's cooler without a doubt and i think the hawks are cooler yeah. there's a cool thing going on in atlanta that's right i don't know what or why how much of it is related to migos mm, I the culture like migos helps is pop, house of highlights of helps quavo <laughs> responds to atlanta hawks highlights on house of highlights they're a, the coolest team it's a cool city it's a cool city plus a cool team and right. dallas is never going to be the cool team right 
It's so like Dallas is like the smart. We pick the best Eastern European. Yeah, players, right. Teams. We're the big white Europeans. That's right. Um, I shared this hot take on a friend of ours podcast. I'd like to also put it on yours. Okay. And I've said it to you ten thousand times, and you refuse to come around to it. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm happy with the following awards being given. Yes. Rookie of the year. Yep. Going to Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. And uh, most improved player. <laughs> That's right. Going to Trey Young, <laughs> which is funny because most approved players uh, I think by definition the player who did the best since last year right from last year to this yeah but you're saying why don't we just do it from last like 2018 to 2019 right he improved the most over the course of the season right I guess the question is did anyone improve more from last year to this than he did from this year to this (laughs) that's a great question is it Siakam Siakam is the current front runner for most improved player but I don't remember what he was like last year versus what Trey was like in October. Right. But I think Trey was worse than Siakam was last year. I still think it's a good hot take. It's a great take. Okay. And I'll allow it. Okay. And we'll be, so we both agree on Luca for ROI and we'll give Trey Young most improved player. Excellent. Let's get silly. Let's have a little fun. Let's make up some awards and give out some prizes. Let's have a little fun. Uh, a good transition into our fake awards is your idea for third best rookie of the year. Right. <clears throat> so what are we talking about here? We're talking. Eliminate Trey and Luca. Right. Who would you give the award for third best rookie of the year? Yeah, I think what this is, is a good year for <laughs> this award. What does the trophy look like for third best rookie of the year? Uh, I think it's just like a Denny's gift card. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three dollar <laughs> for third place. It's a it's a laser image of Anton Jameson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> almost almost the stud of your draft class. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Almost. Um, I'll toss out the first name. Yep. I have um, from the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Marvin Bagley the third. That's correct. Coming off the coming, he was the number two pick. Yes, he was coming off the bench. He didn't get starts for Sacramento, which is weird. He was a twenty ten machine, and he's shooting threes now too. Yeah, he's a machine. If he, you've watched him, I watched the Hawks and the Kings a lot this season, and he should be starting. I mean, Willie Collie Stein does his job, but yeah. he's he's going to be a stud in the NBA. Yes, he. Yeah. Ba- Borderline already is. 2010 in like 22 minutes a game. Yeah. yeah. Seven footer shooting threes lefty. Right. Yeah. So Very potentially, impressive. potentially the third <clears throat> best rookie of the year. Potentially. Yeah. Amir, who do you have? DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. The number one pick. Yeah. Nobody really thinks about him. Phoenix. He's kind <laughs> of a black hole for basketball. <laughs> yeah. His game isn't sexy by any means. No. And right. he doesn't shoot threes, does he? No. He's like a center. He's like a center. A, he's a just classic. like an old fashioned bank shot. Eight feet out, like low post move center. But he's better than like DeAndre Jordan was. Like he can shoot a little more than DeAndre Jordan could. Offensively, definitely. But he's jumpers. definitely not like, we live in 2019 and it's important to be good at basketball, but it's also important to be cool. Yeah. And there's like, I couldn't tell you one thing about DeAndre. Yeah, I know he's from the Bahamas. Sure, right. But he doesn't have a cool haircut. Will he be Tim Duncan with all of that? Tim Duncan was kind of from the Caribbean. Yeah. And like he didn't do anything sexy, but he won. That's right. Can Aiton become Duncan if he becomes really, really good at basketball? I'm going to go with no. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And then my, the third uh, potential third best rookie. Yeah. Um, second round pick. Ooh. Can you, can, can you think of the second round pick that I'm thinking of, Amir? Shamit? Not Shamit. Mitchell Robinson. <laughs> of course, I and here's remembered. why: <laughs> because you're a Knicks fan. Starting with that, yes, no <laughs> doubt. But also value based. This is a value based nominee. That's right. Most bang for your buck. Most bang for your buck. This guy led the league uh, for rookie blocks. He was yep. a block machine. He's the first person ever, I think, the first person in a long time to have blocked twenty three point shots 
like first person in years. That's cool. He is just kind of this really bouncy center who didn't play in college. No one, everyone bypassed him. Why I didn't mean, he play in college? I think it was one of those just like hold out. Why get why get hurt? <laughs> I'll just do this like private program for a year. You'll okay. remember me. Okay. Kind of like hedged his bets on that and <laughs> bounced him to like the 44th pick or whatever he yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but Knicks fans know <clears throat> we've gotten over Frank Nilakina. Kevin Knox didn't show up. Mitchell Robinson is the one where like you, like you be our hero. He already surpassed Kevin Knox? <clears throat> yeah. And in, in Knicks fans' hearts, he's the one. Wow. What happened to Kevin Knox? He had such a sexy summer league. Yeah. Summer league's a funny thing because <laughs> you can have a sexy summer league and become Kuzma. That's like right. Kuzma, like, Tra- that translated. Yeah. Knox, it just kind of like downward fizzled. slope. Yeah. Yeah. He's the anti Trey Young. He's Started also not off hot, he, fizzled out. He doesn't do the cool things. That's yeah. the problem. It's like you do a couple of cool things. Same with Aiton. Hasn't done the cool things. That'll like help you transcend. I like Mitchell Robinson's number. What number is it? 26. Well, do you know why? No. It's just hmm. such a cool, interesting, unique number. 26. Yeah. Like who else is, and nobody's ever 26. That's true. Sounds like we need to do an episode where we draft everyone with the best number on their yeah, jersey. Yeah, 26. Yeah. It might already be Mitchell Robinson. That's right. Uh, I have Jaron Jackson Jr. on the list. He started off pretty hot. I don't know where he's gone. I think right. He's injured. Injured, like, out the last 30 games. Of the but he was, a, he was a tall lefty that was draining threes, yeah, doing like everything. Number was... five pick, something like that? Yeah. He was up there. I mean, the the draft went pretty well. It went, like, Luca, Bagley, Aiton, Jackson, Trey Young. We're all top five. And they might all be the top five rookies. That'll be a class in the NBA. Yeah. Those guys will come up together. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good squad. All right, who's your third best rookie? I think I want it to be Mitch Robb, um, but I think it's got to go to Bagley. That's right, Bagley three. I mean, three is already in his name. Yeah, that's right. Of course. (laughs) We just wasted three minutes of talking. We could have just said Bagley third best rookie. There you go. Uh, all right, I'm going to throw out a new topic. Please. Uh, let's go with fastest disappearing storylines. Do you want to explain the fastest disappearing storyline <laughs> award? So these are stories that came and seemingly dominated and then disappeared. I haven't heard about these things in months and months and mm-hmm. months. So the players involved have a good PR team who know how to squash something from going viral on multiple days. Yeah, what caused, what triggered it, which might be my winner, but no spoilers yet. Yeah. Is Markel Fultz. Right. The biggest deal. So what was the storyline there? Why can't he shoot? Is he injured? Is he not? Are they going to trade him? Are they going to sue him? Like, it was such a weird, nobody really knew what the hell was going on. Nobody still knows what the hell is going on. But now it's happening in Orlando. So. (laughs) Nobody thinks about it. We don't consider it We don't care. What was the trade? Where, <laughs> Great question. Well, who what did who did they get for Phil? Jonathan Simmons was it in like a second round draft pick or okay. something? Wow, Markel, Markel Fultz. Fultz is still in the NBA. <laughs> That's right. But it, he ended this storyline have just disappeared. He was the number one pick unanimously. In a great draft. Mm. He was the DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton of that year. This is more mysterious than Kawhi's phantom injury at the end of his San Antonio career. Because Kawhi's now playing well. Right. Fultz never did start playing well. Right. Remember when he had a triple-double at the end of his rookie year? And the, literally the city of Philadelphia <laughs> threw him a parade. That's like right. His teammates were so thrilled. Now he's just bad again. Now he's in Orlando. Is he on the bench? Is he not? Is he doing physical therapy? Is he not? What's their plan? I don't know. Nobody writes about the Magic, so we won't know. What's up with Fultz? Is Fultz starting on the Magic next year? He definitely disappeared. I don't know if he will be there next year. That's that was that's what made me think of a disappearing storyline. I'm like, wait, there's a lot of others. Who else you got? I have Ennis Cantor posted this fun video as he is wont to do on Instagram and Twitter from time to time. Uh Fun in quotes. Yep. He's always having fun in quotes. Yes. Um, 
he was trying to prove to America and the people around the world how much food he likes to eat and what like a like a hungry man he is. That's right. And he showed these a variety of burgers and salad <laughs> and other huge carbs and probably pizzas. And it was all very like, whoa, this center really eats. Yeah. Well, that night or the next day, Ennis Cantor sat out and there was one news report that said the reason why in parentheses was burgers. Not back spasms, not load management, Ennis Cantor, out, burgers. DNP burgers. Burgers. A really satisfying thing to see because you say these basketball players are superhuman. If you're the coach. Sometimes they have gas. Right. Sometimes they have gas. That's right. Sometimes they stub their toe and they just can't play tonight. That's right. He had too many burgers. How do you tell your head coach, your owners who pay you $80,000 a game, <laughs> I had too many burgers, as you might see on my social media handle, yep. I can't do my job tonight. That's right. And then the next couple of days, it all went away. But like, that should be a joke that we live in for a while. Although, and as Cantor also like stopped playing for other reasons too. He was kind of a weird guy in New York. Yeah. He's nominated for another category that will come up later for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was also the storyline of him being like wanted for arrest in Turkey. Yeah, he had some storylines. Something about like he couldn't travel to Toronto because his passport was being held or something like that. Yeah, for like the 24th best center in the NBA, he really like made it to the press yeah. this year. <laughs> it garners a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Dwight Howard's transsexual orgy ring yeah. thing? He's had some questionable sexual stories come out about him. That was a really bizarre thing. And it could have taken this, like, it could have taken off and become like the Robert Sarver, like, deep dive slash now you're fired thing. That's true. And instead it just went like, oh, Dwight Howard injured his butt the other day and he's not playing again this year. So never mind Dwight Howard. Yeah. And people just like, okay. He didn't, after that story broke, he He didn't play play the rest of the season. Because he had an injured buttocks. He's on the Wizards? He's on the Wizards. Ooh, Arnie Grunfeld. (laughs) Wow. He's on the Wizards. Hmm. Nobody talks about this orgy thing anymore. Let Nobody be, got to the bottom of it. Let us be the first to say that if you would like to go to a transsexual orgy, do it. Go for Have it. Have fun. No That's shame. Right. Live your best life. Absolutely. Like I am on record as saying, <laughs> live your best life, whatever that looks like, Dwight Howard included. That's right. So this isn't shaming him for doing anything. No. It's just interesting that that story came out, <laughs> it disappeared, and he didn't play for the rest of the season. <laughs> that right. is actually interesting. That's weird. Yeah. More so than like maybe a hamburger problem. Mm, right. <laughs> A little juicier than a hamburger. <laughs> Although, I mean, I guess in some world, a buttocks injury could be considered a hamburger problem. That's true. Actually, speaking of hamburgers, one of my other ones was the Draymond KD beef. Oh, yeah. Which is another burger-related thing. I see that pun. They got into a fight. Yeah. The Warriors were seemingly losing games because of it. Yeah. Do we and not see a lot of players, like, like yap at each other anymore? It's the same teammates. Has yeah. that, like, is that less popular than it once was? Uh, yeah, Where they were saying, like, teammates? yeah, they were like, you know, teammates always call each other out, but social media made such a big deal of right. it. Right. But this seemed like it went above and beyond where Draymond was like, we've won before you, we can win without out you. Yeah. And then, like, some sort of word. There are still, yeah, everyone exchange. still has that breaking point, like, even amongst friends, yeah. where it's like, we all know the one thing you can't say to them. That's right. You know what I mean? I mean, and that one line did kind of feel like, whoa, they hate each other. Yeah. Or like, Katie doesn't belong here like everyone else does. Right. 
Draymond doesn't seem likable to me. No, yeah. Yeah, he seems like a tough he seems like a tough ask. It seems like you deal with him because he plays really well, mm. but now he's starting to not play very well. Mm, yeah, harder to justify. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if the Warriors are like, maybe not worth the headache. Valid. Maybe we can get another six foot six inch guy who can average eight points and eight assists. Right, right. There's probably someone in the draft that can do that. Just get Marcus All. Right. <laughs> Defensive player of the year. Happy guy. Uh we're hating on players. Here's a good storyline. Yeah. Derek Rose insane first half of the season yeah do you remember how dominant he was for like the first 40 games of the season like truly and like an elite level point guard 50 point per 50, game 50 point or per sorry game. 50 point game he, he like transformed his three-point percentage yeah he, he was, was just a three-point shooter that yeah uh he was uh in the discussion for six man of the year for most improved player yeah and like it just seemed like We've been like shining a light on uh, Nowitzki and uh, Wade this year yeah. as being like, this is your final season. I know it's not his final season, but it seemed like every team around the league was rooting for Derrick Rose. That's right. There was just some sort of like a group agreement that like him in this moment is worth celebrating. Let's guess his age. Oh man, he's going to be younger than us. Uh, let's say 33. 30. Really? <laughs> he was 29 last year. Talking retirement and everyone feeling so good for him. <laughs> 29. Because he was a like teenager a teenager 12 years ago. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He won MVP in like 2003. He was like 21 years old. Hmm. Yeah. How many years does he have left in the NBA? Um, he has, I guess, a few, two, three. Right. Depending on like, he still plays just as hard. Everyone's like, just relax. Right. I mean, we all thought he was done. He just left the Knicks one night. When was his MVP year? 2007 or something? I don't know. That's kind of one of those facts you would know. Yeah. Derek Rose. I know he was the youngest MVP ever. Really? At 21. So it was nine years ago. Okay. Um, I have yeah, another... 2009 or so. I have another storyline. I know... 2011, sorry. No, Continue. that's fine. He, he was the MVP... In 2011. Okay, years ago. That's right. Um, who was it? Oh, it was Mike Scott. Do you know the NBA player Mike Scott? He's on the Clippers or Hawks or mm -hmm. Sixers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Definitely a red and blue team. Jumped into the crowd to save a ball, landed in the second row. Someone was holding a beer. He took the beer out of their hand. He took a big sip, and then he ran back onto the court. It was whiskey. Was it whiskey? It was Jameson. I sure was... thought it looked like a dark liquor, <laughs> but was, I was like, no. Yeah, it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, this isn't a disappearing storyline. This shouldn't be a storyline, but this needs a little bit of light. This yeah. was a really incredible moment. Yeah. He had Jameson on the breath on defense. That's right. He, Fascinating. He sipped whiskey during a game. You you never heard anyone, like, no Adam Silver, no one came out and was like, you're getting fined $15,000 for Yeah, didn't that imbibing? happen to Le LeBron once where he, like, saved a ball? He, like, ran into a waitress, took, took a beer, and took, a, like, a fake sip and he got in trouble for really? it. Really? Yeah. I mean, he, this, he sipped and he, he sipped it seemed whiskey. like media liked it. Is uh, it illegal or against the rules to have alcohol during a game? I guess that's a good question. I'd say yes. You think if he was drinking beer during a game, he would get in trouble? I don't know. J.R. Smith seemed to smoke a lot of weed during the game. There's <laughs> yeah. plenty of gifs of him just not knowing what to do. But weed is illegal. Right. Anyway. anyway. All right. Who you got for um, fastest disappearing storyline? Um, I think you have like changed me. Okay. I really wanted this to be a burger, a win for burgers. Yeah. Um, the Dwight Howard story <laughs> is actually really disappearing. Bizarre. Truly disappearing. Yeah. And that one, like the Markel Fultz one is also pretty disappearing, but it's justified in the Orlando trade. Mm -hmm. This one just went away. He wasn't even traded. He just stopped playing because of a mystery injury. Yeah. you. That one really came and went quick. So Dwight Howard, winner for fastest disappearing storyline. Congratulations, Dwight. We hope you're doing well. Let's take a quick break from the awards to thank SeatGeek. 
If you want to see some of these teams actually play, SeatGeek is a ticket company where the customer comes first. They got more than 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store, and SeatGeek is focused on making your experience as easy as possible. I used SeatGeek to go to a few Laker games this year. It really is as simple as they say. My listeners can get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase just by using promo code BUCKETS. You can use that for concert tickets, sports, comedy, whatever you want. Get the SeatGeek app, and if it's your first SeatGeek purchase, you use promo code BUCKETS to get $10 off. There's a lot of pretty cheap basketball games going around and in the beginning of April, so you can make those even cheaper if you go to SeatGeek.com or use their app. Use promo code BUCKETS. You get $10 off your first purchase. All right, let's get back to the awards. Next category. Let's go with, uh, I came on Buckets with Chris Smith, Mm -hmm. and we were guests, and we talked about our newfound interest in uh, FanDuel. Daily fantasy. Daily fantasy basketball. That's right. And you and I decided that we should give it out an award that celebrates the best player who cost very little (laughs) to own in fantasy basketball, but would occasionally produce big results. Simultaneously, maybe they were just someone that made us laugh along the way. Great value. Great value. Let's and call- maybe they won us a tournament or two. Maybe. Safe to assume they did. This award is the FanDuel All-Star Award. Okay. My first nominee. Yep. Backup, backup point guard. <laughs> <laughs> for the, sh- the backup backup is basically status quo. Yes. We don't have to say it, but it'll always be backup valid. backup. Totally valid. When the backup goes down and the third stringer starts, that's the sweet spot for Fandle. $3,500. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're getting Fandle. 12 points, eight assists, yes. three steals. Two steals. If you get two steals <laughs> from a 3,500-point guy, dollar guy, you're just sitting pretty. Oh, very pretty. I might have unlocked that once or twice from backup, backup <laughs> point guard, Ryan Archie Diacono. <laughs> So Chicago this, Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Right. White rookie point guard. When you see that Chris Dunn is a game time decision, <laughs> you slide in Ar- Diacono and you look for steals to go up. Archie Diacono. Archie. Not just Diacono. Is his first name Ryan? Yes. Okay. I thought that's Archie Diacono. I thought his first name was Archie and his last name was Diacono <laughs> for a while. And then I was like, Ryan, do, while doing my research. This guy's name is Ryan Archie. I thought he was so Italian. Ryan. Ryan Archie Diacono. Ryan. He got a couple like 22 and 12s like for you. Sure. If you can get 50 FanDuel points out of Ryan Archie Diacono, right. you're in the money. You're sitting back. You're doing great. I could have picked Blakeney, I think, from the Bulls, but yeah, I went Archie Antonio Diacono. Antonio Blakeney. Right. Didn't use him enough. Uh, DJ Augustine, another great value pick. Yeah, he, he, I he felt like Charlotte every, or Orlando, Orlando, some blue team, some blue team. I think it's Orlando. You have like a like we all have blind spots in life, and one yeah. of your blind spots is anything related to the Orlando Magic. You won't know the detail. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> period. Yeah, and that is you don't know that DJ Augustine is the starting or I think the starting point guard. That's right. But he was always still like forty three hundred dollars. Because like nobody such disrespect. Yeah, like the, just dis- the name didn't it evoke anything? Right. But he was the starting point guard who anytime you started him you won he i did felt like great. yeah i would just like watch you and i'd be like why didn't i pick augustine <laughs> dj augustine i picked rubio why yeah. didn't like i pick augustine for 2400 dollars less <laughs> yeah dj augustine always got the job done i will move out to uh, a place that i don't know if you lived uh, i lived for a while and that's brooklyn mm-hmm. amir can you guess my fan duel all-star from the brooklyn nets the brooklyn nets uh 
D'Angelo was pretty undervalued at the beginning of the year. He wouldn't go near $3,500, <laughs> but this player would. Uh, small forward. Kurokts. Backup, backup, small forward <laughs> for the Brooklyn Nets, Rodion's Kurokts. Or Kurokts. I never heard an announcer say it out loud. Rodion's. Are we familiar? Maybe Latvian. Are we familiar? Have, did you ever start Rodion's? <laughs> Why are you having so much fun? <laughs> Rodions. <laughs> Rodions? Correct, folks. FDAS. Uh, Rodion. I do remember some white guy on Brooklyn scoring a lot of three. Yeah. Not a lot of muscle on the body. <laughs> no. Not a lot of muscle on the body. So when he takes it to the paint, it's kind of like, oh, God, oh, God, Rodion's going down. Latvia is correct. Yeah. A Porzingis disciple of sorts. He was born in 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, signed, went to FC Barcelona, signed with the Nets. There you go. Second round pick. Yeah. Got minutes. This year? You'd get you'd see him at thirty seven hundred dollars <laughs> and you're like, he's gonna get eighteen to twenty two minutes. He's twenty one years old. Yeah. He's a bucket. Yeah, we're laughing now, but Rodion's Kurux will be a, a name in this league. He had a career high of twenty four points. Yeah, I probably picked him up the next day. This year, twenty four points for a, a guy we maybe have never heard of. That's pretty solid. Can you see what he did the next day? <clears throat> um I would, but too much too much data? Too many clicks. Yeah, real, real. Too many clicks. Okay. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to your main man, Kem Birch. Kem spelled <laughs> K-silent-H-E-M Birch. Kem. Have you ever heard Kem before? Amir, <laughs> have you ever heard the name Kem before? <laughs> Feels vaguely not. sexual and I don't know of why. Of course not, I haven't. Kem. Uh, backup, backup center Orlando Magic? Honestly, I never made it past the name. Backup point guard? Backup <laughs> not power a center, forward? Definitely like a forward. Power forward. Kem Birch. Yes. Can you tell me anything about Kem Birch? No. Did you ever start Kem Birch? I did. After you started him and he did well. And his his price did not go above bargain Yeah. Basement. FanDuel minimum, $3,500. Yeah. Kem I, Birch. I distinctly remember texting you saying, I'm relying on a guy named Kem to get me the W tonight. <laughs> and it might have been a game where he got zero. Oh, safe to assume. It might have been a game where he got 25. Right. He feels like the spiritual cousin to another uh, FanDuel all-star, Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek. Honestly, I never started him. I don't think you ever started him. But FanDuel All-Star also means like, who are the $3,500 guys that just come up? The name just makes it to social media. And I will say, now that it's in late or beginning of October, end of the season, FanDuel is kind of slipping for us because Mitch Creek is starting to outscore James Harden. That's what I'm saying. Like there are... The lineups are askew. Yeah, tanking players. It's really hard to... It feels like a real crapshoot right now. Right. Some guy named Christian Wood... Oh, the Pelicans. Yeah. Had like a 70 point game on FanDuel. Yeah, 17x value. Which I believe was FanDuel all time high. Really? A player that was plucked from the G League had a like career night. Right. Chris, when Christian Wood is outdoing Paul George. Right. Bedlam. Step back. Yeah. Step back. <laughs> just don't play that game. Yeah. Don't play that game. So who do you want to give your FanDuel All-Star to? I'll also just loft out these names. We don't have to discuss them. Yeah. Troy Brown Jr. of the Wizards. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> he got starts. Yep. David Nawaba yep. of the Cavs. That's right. Love goes down. You got minutes. <laughs> and also Kavan Looney of Golden State. Solid. Solid. Like Pre-cousins. he would get you like three blocks before that's, Cousins at $3,600. Yeah. You know, 22, po- 22 points. We'll take it. Yep. Um, but who do we give the fan duel also to? I don't even know if we said his name, but he plays for the Jazz. 
Ooh, oh, come on. Royce O'Neal. I feel like that was the- You discovered b- Royce. I discovered Royce, and I feel like that was when we all started discovering there's gold down in these 3,500s. That's right. Right. You like plucked him up. He had like five threes and four steals and two blocks Needed that. He was my last player of the yeah. night. Yeah. Um, so who does who do you give it to, Amir? I can give it to Royce because he was the first, he was kind of like our first foyer into like, oh, maybe there is something down there. I agree. Yeah. So Royce O'Neal- of the Utah Jazz, let's call him a shooting guard. You are the 2019 <laughs> FanDuel All-Star. Let's call him a shooting guard, even though he's a small forward. Sure. Okay. Interchangeable. Let's switch it up a little bit. Sure. Uh, let's go to best play of the year. Okay. Best play. I'm interested if you took this as a actual best play, or if there was some funny things that you were like, that's one of the most memorable plays that I remember from this season. My three most memorable plays maybe might be the best plays. Okay, great. So these are my three options. So we'll go back and forth, because mine aren't as serious as yours, I'm sure. The Dwayne Wade buzzer beater against the Warriors. Great from an NBA storyline. We needed that shot. Yep. Everyone loves Dwayne Wade. Block, then bank yeah. in Miami to beat the champions. Needed that. Did he hop on the scoreboard after he hit that? I believe so. He might as well have retired that night. Right. Yeah, like that was it. That's the last thing. Yeah, and like, like local basketball courts, if you make a big shot, you walk off. That's right. You know, and maybe Dwayne Wade could learn a thing or two from us. A bank buzzer beater. Yeah. Dwayne Wade against the Warriors. Yeah. Perfect good, story. Good for the NBA. Um, this is more uh, laser focused on the Knicks. We were hating on this guy earlier. Mm-hmm. Kevin Knox dunked on Ben Simmons. Did you see this dunk? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Okay, so this won't win, clearly, because yeah. you don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But in a season where the Knicks are going to win like 17 games, That's there was right. literally almost nothing to <laughs> cheer for. Specifically, Kevin Knox's development. It wasn't there at all. But for one dunk, he... Do you remember when Shaq dunked on... Uh, Chris Dudley? Chris Dudley. Shoved him. Shoved him. Yep. He went down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. This all happened in one moment where Kevin Knox threw it on Ben Simmons. And he pushed him on the ground. He went flying back, like into the front row. Wow. Very satisfying. Just like, what? That's in there somewhere? (laughs) That's in Kevin Knox somewhere. (laughs) Didn't see it again, but for one brief moment, that occurred. One shining moment. That's right. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's half-court buzzer beater against the Raptors. That was amazing. We don't see half-court buzzer beaters very often. And you told me that there was some sort of statistician that said like there was like a 12% shot chance of that shot going in. Yeah. Doesn't that even seem high? Way too high. Like he was going in the opposite direction, turned around, curled, and whipped it? And whipped to a half-quarter. That's not going in 12 times out of 100. That's what I'm saying. Or like, like, yeah, one in seven? No. no. One in eight? No. no. Yeah, right. That was like a one in 50 shot. So both of yours are buzzer beater long shots. Until my third. Okay, great. But you got a third? I have my second. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this one is not the best play of the year, but it's a it's probably my most memorable moment. Okay. John Collins comes out yep. in the NBA All-Star Game mm-hmm. dunk competition. Yes. And he pushes out a big plane. <laughs> That's correct. And he tries to squeeze his little hat on. Yep. And there's the Tuskegee Airmen <laughs> maybe singing somewhere nearby. Uh-huh. And this production is not really that exciting. No. And then he tries to jump over the plane. Hits the plane. Kicks the wing. Uh-huh. Kind of dunks. Yep. Gets a 44. Yep. <laughs> I laughed for 18 straight minutes. <laughs> that whole production, I was like, it's getting weirder. When he couldn't get the little hat on, it was just... He awesome. couldn't even... He didn't even wear the hat, right? Yeah, he ditched it. I think he maybe just went like flight goggles. <laughs> like It was a big paper airplane. He was wearing a scarf. Yeah. It's like, y- these guys know how to act cool. Yeah. These guys know what cool is. And like, look, Tuskegee Airmen, that's all very historic and cool and important. And like, no shade on that. No. But when you push out like a model airplane that's a little big and you don't really jump over it. He clipped the wing. That was one of those memorable moments of the NBA season for me. Yeah. Where I was laughing that hard. Yeah. <laughs> 
So there's that. <laughs> That's a good John moment. Collins failed airplane. That's a, that might be a nominee for worst play the, or funniest play of the year. That's right. Uh, I think my winner is my last suggestion, which okay. is that Derek Jones Jr. alley oop mm. kind of like throw down, not even dunk. Yeah, where the ball was like probably 15 feet away from the rim when he caught it. Yeah, and he glided towards the rim. That was threw it down windmill style. Yeah, so accurately. The internet likes to Photoshop people's heads onto the frame in uh, Space Jam where Michael Jordan's arm keeps extending and he dunks yes. and all the monsters are trying to hold him back. That was the that closest, was the closest right, yeah. we've ever been yeah. to actually experiencing <laughs> it where it's just like he's extending further and now he's just throwing it in. Maybe Giannis got close because he's like Stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. But Derek Jones Jr. is like so skinny, he almost flies. He like jumps and then like the wind carries him a little yeah. more. Yeah. I really like that dunk. That was... I think you just won it. But yeah. I'll still throw this out there. Okay. This is a deconstructed play. Ooh. But the best play of this season uh-huh. is Jimmy Butler being mean to all of the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah. and getting his way and getting traded to a contender. He had a the practice. The play being yelling at everyone. He had a practice where he beat everyone with the third team. Right. And then he walks straight into a sit-down interview <laughs> with Rachel Nichols. Bold. Describe the practice. Bold. <laughs> It was a fucking PR day for him. He yelled at the coaches and everyone saying, you can't win without me. Things along those lines. Yeah. Just F-bombs, just being just like as alpha and mean to everyone around. It seemed like everyone was sad. Took a shower. And and then had a nice little ESPN interview. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So how was your last 20 minutes, Jimmy? Best play, him yelling at everybody and then being traded to a contender. It worked. Yes. He was... was, rewarded for his behavior that's right maybe there's a lesson in there i wouldn't encourage people to just be mean until they get their way but to each their own it worked for jimmy i would argue that Derek jones jr dunk is the singular play of the game of that the was, year. that was a great play yeah i wanted to change the logo to him just flying like that lefty i, I feel like i, I saw those tweets eagle. i think i saw those tweets too where it, it looks like, like the michael jordan logo yeah just spread it's currently jerry west yep and his le- are his legs like kind of one leg? Yeah. Do we they see like, both legs in the logo? They're one's in front of the other, but since it's a silhouette of a logo, it looks like one mermaid mm. sort of tail. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a longer conversation for us. What should the next logo really be? That'd be nice. Right. Uh, all right. Next next category. All right. Uh, let's go with... All right. Let's go back to uh, all-stars, like great players. Uh-huh. You tossed this uh, one out. Best basketball player in the world. This is a good one. So this there's a clear distinction between the most valuable player to yeah. his team and the league this year. That's right. And who is the best basketball player right now, today, That's right. in the world? Who would win in a basketball competition? So let's talk about real quick <laughs> what the best, what some of these like metrics might be to determine this. Yeah. Because I, I have two distinct ones that uh, I kind of considered. This is a guy who can shoot really well, defend really well, pass really well, dribble awesomely. He right. can do everything really, really, really elite. Elite on all the categories, right? It's like if basketball were tennis, who's the Roger Federer? This guy is just unbeatable. Right. Can do it all. Can do it all. I considered also uh, a one-on-one. Yeah. If these players were like, because there's, you have to be a great team player, but there's also like the who couldn't be stopped or who couldn't stop someone yeah. else. Yeah, or the highest, like, this guy's number one and couldn't be stopped and number two and couldn't stop somebody. Right. I also considered success rate in the NBA. Like when you came into the NBA, what has your NBA career looked like to this point? Are you still that player? But ultimately, do you make teams win? Yeah. Because so much of being a basketball player isn't just individual stats. It's do your teams win? Do you contribute to making winning basketball on your team? So who are your 
finalists. Okay, great. So I have four. We'll probably have some crossover. I have five, so let's see which ones you got. Okay, great. So this one, my first player, um, checked off all the boxes of does your team win? Yeah. Do you contribute to a winning <laughs> culture? Uh-huh. But in the one-on-one competition, they I don't think they could hang, but maybe they could. So my player first is Steph Curry. Yes. Is he on your list of five? He's not. He isn't. Because he's not tall. That's the thing. <laughs> He's not tall. So, like, Steph couldn't beat LeBron one-on-one because he couldn't stop LeBron one-on-one. Right. He's not strong and tall. Right. I would say that Steph's teams consistently win 60 games a season. Yes. LeBron's won how many this year? Uh, LeBron himself, he's only played 55. But, I mean, like, LeBron, the Lakers have won, like, 30 or so this year, right? 35-ish. And that is very important to being a basketball player. Yes. But you're right. If the two played against one another, one would dominate the other. So he's not the best basketball player. And there you go. In the world. Okay. Uh, I got Kawhi. Yeah. As as a finalist. Yep. Both sides of the ball. That's right. Is there a position he can't guard? I don't think so. No. He's very strong. His legs feel very strong. Right. He's always sturdy. His hands are big enough that he's not going to get like... He's sturdy. He can catch the ball very easily one-handed. He can score on you. Yes. Right? He can shoot on you. He could take the ball to the rack. You're and he can guard you. Yeah, best. if you put the ball on, I feel like if you put the ball on the ground, he will take it from you. He has very long arms mm-hmm. and big hands. Yeah. Arguably like the best basketball body in yes, the NBA. That's right. The long, hands are really sinewy, the difference. Big hands. Right. Huge hands, strong legs. He could he could guard Steph, correct? Yep. yep. He could guard LeBron? Yes. And he could guard Giannis? That's right. So that is <laughs> enormous. That's huge. That is enormous. That almost might be enough to give him the title of best basketball player in the world. I have Kawhi Leonard as well on my list. Uh, Allow George. me to toss out another one. Okay. Um, did you just say one? Sorry. Paul George. Paul George. Is he on your list? He is not. Oh, okay. He is not. To me, he is one <laughs> click down from Kawhi. <laughs> Got it. One click up on offense and like two down on defense. That's right. Who is like, I feel like there are, Paul George has had that year this year where he's just like had a transcendent year. But That's like, right. there's like a couple of Paul George comps in the NBA, right? I don't know, because he looks so cool doing it. It's very effortless for him. Is he, he can, like the fourth best player in the NBA? Yeah, he might be the fourth best player in the NBA. Damn. I he, guess you're right. On my list of like best play, like is he better than Kevin Durant? Yeah. Uh, no. No. No, I have I have Kevin Durant on mine. Yeah. Because I think that Kevin Durant can guard all positions. Yeah, but he's not very strong. Is it because he doesn't play very strong? Or I think is he he's not he's very strong? Thin. He's so smooth and thin and right. great on offense. Do we th- project that he needs to? Do we do we assume that a player like him needs to have strength because he's in the NBA? Should we consider for one moment what his body type is and that he doesn't need extra muscle because what his superpower is that he can shoot over everybody? Yep. And so he has sharpened that tool <laughs> to the extent where now he... Because he is... Like, I know that Giannis is like an unstoppable physical force, but I think that Kevin Durant is the most unstoppable scoring force. Yeah, he's unstoppable at basketball. Right. Like, who wins the one-on-one Kevin Durant versus Giannis? That'd be great to watch. That's like a really interesting matchup, right? I think Giannis can kind of overpower him. Winner's ball, 2-11, twos and ones. Giannis, does he just put his shoulder down, just kind of back him up every single time? Yeah, but he can't really do like the dribble, elevate, 18 feet, drain it, like Kevin Durant. Who wins the one-on-one Giannis uh, versus Kawhi? I'd love to see it. Yeah, same. I'd love to see it. Okay. <laughs> Who else do you have on your list? Anyone? LeBron James. No. Yeah. Really? He's really good. Yeah, but he's, he's not really the fast. best basketball player in the world anymore, dog. Every player be. we just listed is on a winning team. Yeah, yeah, but his his team might not be as good as the other teams. But, like, but if you just put LeBron in a one-on-one, who's beating him? 
I mean, I think... If he has to care, because he hasn't given 100% very much this year. Right, and this is where the... Give me uh, one the, game. The second column of, are you creating a winning culture? Can you will your team? Like, we that's opened more this MVP. podcast. Yeah, that's more MVP to me. How valuable you are to mm. a winning organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just talking about, if you pluck someone in a vacuum and force them to play basketball for an hour at right. his best effort, yeah, is it still LeBron James? It feels so wrong to say no, but <laughs> after this year, there is a shred of doubt that he doesn't care as much about the game. But if he was forced to care, this game is happening at gunpoint. Well, if we're talking about forced to care at gunpoint, I'm probably taking Russ. <laughs> right. Russell be... Westbrook. Because he will go maniac. <laughs> if like if, we, if we're like all pressures on one-on-one psycho style, I yeah. feel like he will care the most. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he might not be able to score. Like we're talking about, we opened this whole podcast with Harden putting a team on his back and just dropping 60 a game. Like, yeah. we didn't even list him in this category. No, because he's he's soft. I think that with all the conversation we've had on this one category, the one person where I'm like, feels like a no-brainer on both sides of the ball, there's only one of them. Which is? Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And that's really surprising to me, because I did not really go good. into this category <laughs> thinking that it was going to be Kawhi Be- Leonard as the best basketball player <laughs> in the world right now, but he might just be. He's smart. Right. He's always in control. Right. His defense is second to none. His physical gifts, I mean, his hands are such a cheat code. Yeah, he's getting like, he can cross over, pull up and shoot. He can get to the rim and shoot. He can get to the rim and dunk. He frequently guards the other team's best player. That's right. Which means that he has no problem guarding any, literally, if it's your best player, that could be any position, he has that. (laughs) Yeah. He could just take that out. (laughs) That's right. So in a one-on-one scenario, me versus you, Good luck scoring 11 points on Kawhi one-on-one. He also doesn't expend any amount of brain space on anything else. Mm. He doesn't have a Twitter, Instagram. He's not funny. He doesn't have friends. Right. But I also he's... wonder if he's like like studying basketball like in the, his yeah. free time instead. Like I have – he is a mystery to the fans of the NBA and the world. It seems like some basketball players watch basketball and some basketball yes. players don't. We've talked about this before yeah. as well. Like, I don't think Russ Westbrook is getting eliminated and watching the Cavs-Warriors final. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't I think, think he's watching right. basketball. I'd like to believe that he spends quality time with his family. Exactly. LeBron, right. I think, is watching everything. Right, I agree. LeBron's like weighing in, watching high school, watching college, yep. watching the playoffs, yep. other side of the bracket. I think we're going to see a lot of Instagram stories of him watching hoops. That's what I've been asking you over and over. Does LeBron go into the booth with ESPN, ABC, whoever, for the playoffs? Or is that a weird look? That's a weird look. That's a weird look. He does it himself. For he the like, brand, he, right? He does an ESPN Undefeated type it. thing? Or? Yeah, he goes on Bleacher Report and live streams again. Uh, He's uh. his own ESPN. He doesn't go on ESPN. Okay, okay. Might just be easier for him to go on ESPN. Kevin Durant has a show on ESPN+. Plus. LeBron has a show on HBO. Right. That's the difference. There. Okay, got it. I don't agree <laughs> that that's the difference in what makes the best basketball player, yeah. but I see the vague atmospheric point that you're trying to make about their brand. That's right. LeBron doesn't go on TNT. He creates TNT. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if he's created TNT yet. Not yet. Not yet. But he's working on it. Is it Kawhi? It might be Kawhi. It's I'll not, this Kawhi. is not an it might be. We have to, we, this is a proper award show, Amir. Kawhi Leonard, best player in the world. Done? Done. Okay. Sounds like you don't care. That's correct. <laughs> Why? Who, do you have anybody else? No, I'm with Kawhi as well. Okay, great. Okay. Let's go to the other side of the world. Okay. 
the most anonymous player. Yeah, the map. The M-A-P. The most anonymous <laughs> player. Now, <laughs> these players could kind of like waft between the FanDuel All-Stars. How did you describe? You described it perfectly using HeadGum as the example. One of these players walks in to HeadGum. Yes. Introduces himself. Yes. They look vaguely familiar, but I don't know who they are. It's like your first instinct is, wow, that guy's tall. Yes. Right? I know the name. Right. Because I've seen the box score. If someone told you that's actually X, you'd say, oh, oh of course. I, of course. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So it's not just like rant, like Ken Birch. Like, I don't really know the name. Right. These are names I know. We only know guys like Ken Birch because we play a game where <laughs> it requires us to have to figure out the most unknown players. Yes. These people have somewhat brand names. That's and right. And you'd say, oh, I know that name. They're pretty good. Got it. And they've been around. So that's a good distinction. Okay. Um, why don't you kick it off as I find my list? Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah. <laughs> MKG? That's his nickname? That's right. K. Power forward? <laughs> Hornet? Hornet for sure. Hornet. Like, Second pick in the draft? Stop it. I believe he was. He's not Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> He's not. And this is a great sign that right. you don't know the difference. Right. I, I don't know the difference between Michael Carter Williams and Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yes. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah. The 2012 NBA draft. Second uh, pick, really? Villanova? <laughs> There's a lot of question marks after his name. Yeah. MK. The number one pick no. was Anthony Davis. Okay. Oh, God, the drop-off. Right after that. That is cold. It is Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Kentucky? That's the difference between the New Orleans Hornets and the Charlotte Bobcats. Damn, right that Charlotte sucks. Bobcats, that just says it all, too. As a Nick fan who is like really looking at this year's draft and like hoping that we get the number one pick, like that's what I'm afraid of. Lillard went sixth. Oh, <laughs> oh, three, four, five. Who are you? Give me a uh, Kid Gilchrist, Beal, Dion Waiters. So this was a high and low draft. Oh, Waiters. Oh. Give me a Kid Gilchrist Bobcats jersey. What? Any day of the week. What? That's a good looking jersey. Okay, MKG. And I'm looking at a picture of him. He doesn't look familiar to me. Okay. He just doesn't look familiar. He looks like a basketball player. Player one in an NBA video game. Tall. Yeah. Strong. An unlicensed basketball player. That's right. Right. This player guy one. looks like a player. I believe they had to fix his shot. Okay. May or may not have it. Sure. Happened. Take him at number two and fix his shot. That That's sounds right. like a good plan. Uh, I will toss out Dwayne Dedman, mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. A center. That's right. He is a center. He's a center. On the Hawks. He is. He's my 1A on the Hawks. My 1B on the Hawks is Omari Spellman. That's right. Are you familiar with either of them really? Yes, but then there's also Bembry. Oh, oh no. And Bays. That's right. And Torian Prince. Yeah. Who are these Hawks? <laughs> They're all cool. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure Deadman's cool. <laughs> and no, no, I don't mean that he's like not a nice, decent man. I'm sure he is. Yeah. But he doesn't have cool vibes. Does but he have cool dreads? I don't know. Well, that's what makes a player anonymous. But I'm afraid he might him... be more of a FanDuel All-Star. Yeah, I guess he is. I've never started on FanDuel. Like, he is like... If you put a picture of Bismack Biombo next to Dwayne Dedman, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one's Dwayne Dedman. I can tell you which one is Biombo and then use the process of elimination to figure out Dedman. Well, you've started Biombo many a time <laughs> in FanDuel. Um, okay, your play? Uh, most anonymous player, suggestion number two. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Do you want me to hop in? Shelvin Mack. Yes. Shelvin Mack. You used him as an example yesterday, and I love that. <laughs> He's like, been in the NBA for a bit. You say Shelvin Mack, I see in my head Robert Pack. <laughs> <laughs> Are they generally the same physically? Height-wise, uh, haircut, anything. I think Mack is short and stout. 
was Robert Pack not short and stout? I think Pack was short and jacked. He was jacked. I he think he did could have dunk. a jacked vibe. He could dunk. Pack could wait. Mac can't dunk. Pack can dunk. Mac can't dunk. Mac really can't dunk. I don't think is Mac he a sharpshooter. He was drafted in 2011. He's been in the NBA for nearly 10 years. Always on the Nets? Uh, no. He was on Atlanta, Utah, Washington, oh. the Magic, the Grizzlies. I meant every team but no. the Nets. <laughs> that's right. The Hornets and now the Sixers. Okay. And now the Sixers. Oh, no. Sorry. That's in no particular order. But those, how many teams? Is that a new team every year? Uh, nearly. He was on Washington, then Philadelphia, then Atlanta, then Utah, then Orlando, then Memphis. Orlando was the year where they like tweeted out like Shelvin Mack led our team in assists with three point oh, six per game. That was great. That, that was, was a great, great Twitter tweet. moment. That was an r- honest, genuine tweet from them. That too. was a real Twitter moment. You shared that <laughs> with us, and then we had like this internal game of just what, what, <laughs> Shelvin Mack. I will nominate for the most anonymous player the Map Award uh, from the Dallas Mavericks. Dorian Finney-Smith? <laughs> Great name. Yeah. DFS? Yeah. DFS All-Star. Damn, yeah. Should have thought about yeah. that. Daily Finney Fantasy Smith. Sports All-Star. Finney-Smith. Great name. I don't quite know what he looks like. I don't know if he's Dwight Powell. No. Yeah. They might be both Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell is almost like a Lopez twin. Like a Doug he's Christie? Like a, like a yeah, stretched out Doug Christie? He's a tall, light-skinned, strapping right. center. Right. Finney-Smith is more of a Josh Howard. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very different. Cool headband vibes. Very different. Yeah. Okay, got it. Tory Craig. Tory Craig. <laughs> Nugget? That's right. <laughs> like, why do we know that? Why do we know that? If you, is, I, he, I don't know anything about Tory Craig. Tory, he could be 30, he could be 21. I might have started him. He's not Monty Morris. He's not Beasley. Malik they have Beasley, a lot of they have a lot Morris. of mystery. Yeah, Tory Craig. I believe that the Nuggets have the uh, youngest playoff roster going into the playoffs. They do. That's surprising. And they look like um, they're not going to get very far after that drubbing in Golden State last night. Oh, they got drubbed. They didn't see the score. Yeah, they were down twenty five quite quite early. In okay, the second half. Sure. Uh, Tory Craig's been bounced around in Australia oh. and uh, various international leagues. Uh, and now he's on the Nuggets for the last two years. Uh-huh. Tory Craig. Uh, we've lofted out a bunch of names, and one only really drew a, a big reaction from yeah. me. It was the first one you lofted out. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I mean, that's a that's a perfect example of we all know Michael Kidd Gilchrist and simultaneously don't know Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, how many times a day does do people come up to you like, whoa, are you Michael Kidd Gilchrist? <laughs> Zero. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is, you can slip through. Yeah. You can slip through as Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yes. But if someone says that's Michael Kidd Gilchrist, everyone will know. Yeah. Okay. So let's give it to MKG. The MAP. Goes to MKG. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Congratulations, Michael. <laughs> Probably Michael. your first and oh, I know. <laughs> Michael. Your first and maybe only award in the NBA. <laughs> MKG, my man. Uh, do we have more, Amir? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, what, what else we got? Well, you have a category. Let's do the categories where I only have nominees and you have a category where you have all the nominees. Yep. Do you want me to do mine first or okay. would you like to do yours? Uh, I think it's your turn. Okay, great. So this category is called... Most likely to be tattooed next year, a.k.a. the Reddick. Got it. So this is a guy who doesn't usually have tattoos, then shows up and you're like, whoa. Whoa. Sleeve. Heavy. Yeah. Not one. Heavy. Maybe the Clarkson neck tattoo out of nowhere. That was big. Birdman he, had the kind of thing too. It was like, okay, we, we have a new big tattoo. Yep. He okay. wants to fit in. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction too, that it's like it, there's some sort of societal pressure put yeah. upon you. In, in this league, you have to find your own voice or at least like fit in that you get tattoos. Yeah. That's most of my nominees. Yeah. 
So I will nominate four people, mm-hmm. and then you will be the decider as to who shows up most likely next year with tattoos. Got it. The 2019 Reddick. Uh-huh. Number one, from the Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> Zach Collins. Yes. You're familiar with Zach Collins? Oh, very much so. Fiery, tall, like a little over-emotional. Doesn't seem like his teammates like love him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like very white. Very white, like a little embarrassing. Yeah. He might have that come-to-Jesus moment where he thinks... I'm going to get a sleeve in the offseason and come back and people will fear and respect me. You see that gif of, or maybe video clip of him dancing on the bench and Myers Leonard mm-hmm. looking down on him. Mm-hmm. When Myers Leonard is looking at you like you're lame. You need tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you need tattoos. And I think Zach Collins will see that in the offseason and say, I got to get a sleeve. Got it. Next candidate. Yep. Kristaps Porzingis. Whoa. I Cats think, on Zingas. Yeah, I could see him needing some sort of new rebrand. We haven't Luca's seen him on got the a court cool in a while. Situation going on. Say again. Luca has a cool sleeve situation going on. Does so, Luca have yeah, a sleeve that he's got helps? The elbow down sleeve that helps a lot. Yeah, because I think that we needed that international kind of person to you know set it out for someone else to follow. That's right. Excellent. So Porzingis is number two. That's a good one. Number three, a bit of a surprise. Not tatted. Might be depending on how he does in the playoffs. <laughs> uh huh. Giannis Atenacumpo. Giannis is clean. Clean. Feels like Milwaukee is all clean for the yeah. most part. A lot of Brogdon. That doesn't Brogdon seem, clean. Brogdon's like John Legend. Yeah. You know, he's just clean. He's just good, solid, clean fun. If, per chance, mm-hmm. something goes wrong and the Bucks don't make it out of, let's call it, the second round, like I, could the see, I could see Giannis not being the fun-loving, smiley Whoa. player next year. Gritty and reboot. Saying, I'm, I'm dialing in even more. I've been Evil practicing Giannis. with Kobe. Yes. Wow. And maybe he rolls up with a sleeve. Our last candidate, kind of in the Chris Stapps family. Yep. We won't be seeing him for a while. Uh-huh. Also from the Blazers, not Zach Collins, not Myers Lettered, Nurchik. Nurkic. Nurchik. Nurkic. 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 The Bosnian Yusuf Nurkic. The guy with the broken leg. His leg is so broken. Yes. <laughs> video games will eventually get dried up, played out. He will be looking for some sort of new hobby at some point. You think he'll start tatting it up get that sleeve does he not have any tats i didn't see a tat on any of the pictures wow but i'll also say that i didn't look at too many pictures because most of them were his leg inside out and that's right so i kind of made a gut call there he seems like a tatted guy so if he doesn't have any tats i think that's my pick really bosnian beast okay huge weird crazy skull on fire type okay got it yeah more than zach collins more than zach collins zach collins seems like he's gonna live and die completely pure Mm. long lean clean eating machine okay got it so the winner is nurkic yusuf nurkic yusuf nurkic yeah who was that one guy though scott pollard oh he was tatted up he didn't start tatted though right he was like chris anderson like, he came into the league, Chris Anderson, or he had no, that, like... he came in clean, and then yeah, he became Chris Anderson. Right. Yep. I'd like to see a Pollard rookie picture and side-by-side with a Pollard end of year. Scott Pollard. I believe one T on Scott. Scott. Scott Pollard. All right. Well, we can we can maybe post something like that if it's going to take up too much of your bandwidth. Yeah, it looks like he's pretty clean. Right. He had a shaved head. He had a mustache. He was oh, kind right. Of the... He had a shaved head. Okay, so he was trending. He was kind of a uh, Stephen Adams before there was a Stephen mm-hmm. Adams. He did a lot of crazy shit with his facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he ended up getting some tats. Okay. He got some ink. So we can call it the Reddick. We can call it the Scott Pollard. Yeah. Uh, but this year's winner, or projected winner, is Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic. Great. Let's keep an eye on him for that tat. Okay. Uh, tat watch. My, uh, my category was worst nickname. Okay. Trying to find a new nickname that just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. I, I got sh- one nominee. And I had zero. So by the winner by default. It's the fastest round of the game. Is Born Ready. Wow. 
Lance your boy. Stevenson. Your team. That's right. That's rude. Born ready. We created a category just to clown him for a minute. <laughs> but, but why? Why does born ready sit so off with you? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why Why are you born ready? Born ready. Make him dance makes sense. And it Which rhymes. is another nickname of his. Make him dance Lance. You yes. usually need that like one connective tissue, whether it's a letter or like a play on words of your yes. name. Born ready doesn't, there's no sort of rhyming st- scheme. That's great. Born ready. Make them dance. Perfect for you. You make them dance. Right. Why are you also born ready? My nickname would be Billy, five minutes late, Scafuri. That's right. Right. Born slightly not ready. He was born ready, and I was born a little late. Yeah, a little, just born tardy. Right. Born tardy. (laughs) Boy tardy. Right. Uh, So born ready is my vote for worst nickname right here. I would like to, we did an episode about nicknames. We dedicated an entire uh, right. episode to nicknames. Yeah. Um, there was a couple on that list that I had never heard before. Mm-hmm. And there was one, I'm going to leave the specifics out because I don't remember them, but somebody pointed us to an article about Chinese nicknames. Do you remember this? No. And someone's nickname was Fuck the Sky. <laughs> Fucks the Sky. I think it was Steph Curry. So I'm asking the Buckets listeners at Uh home to do a little research and figure out which Golden State Warrior, because I think it was a warrior's nickname in China translates to (laughs) Fox, with an F, the sky. (laughs) We'll come back to that. Uh, All right. A few categories left. What else we got? Uh, All right, Amir. Here's another one. This is an interesting award. Yeah? Actually, you should tee it off. Okay. It has to do with your favorite team in Florida. Okay. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It stands out from the others. That's right. Okay. So this award... I'm calling. Who is the <laughs> Who is the coach of the Orlando Magic? Sure. Yeah. The award. <laughs> the only the award, award is... that ends in a question mark. <laughs> the award is Who is the coach of the Orlando Magic? Right. Here are the nominees. Okay. Jacques Vaughn. Mm. Feels right. Congratulations, Jacques, on the nomination. Maybe. He. Yeah. We we stumbled into that one fact. He o- started be. a season zero for twenty two. That's from the right. Field. You you remember you remember you brought that up. You remember that. Yeah. He started one year as a player zero for twenty two from the field. That's right. Okay. All time record. Frank Vogel. Vogel. That makes sense. Vogel. Vogel could be the Orlando Magic coach. Yeah. He's got a beard. Vogel. Yep. Yeah. Or the Pistons <clears throat> coach maybe. That's right. <laughs> Steve Clifford. Steve Clifford. He's not a ref. He's a <laughs> he's a bald white man who definitely used to coach the Hornets. Could be the Orlando Magic coach right now. Okay. Okay. Sure. And my last nominee is Jim Borrega. What? A young, handsome guy who either is currently or also used to coach the Hornets. Jim Borrega. Jim Borrega. Are one of these players actually, or one of these coaches actually the coach of the Orlando Magic? I looked it up. We have a definitive answer. This is the one non-subjective category. Hmm. The award for who is the coach of the Orlando Magic, drum roll please, Steve Clifford. No. Yes. I thought that was fake. (laughs) Steve Clifford is really the coach. Is there a ref with the last name Clifford? Uh, Joey Crawford. Crawford, not Joey Crawford. They do look alike. Steve Clifford? Steve Clifford is the coach of the Orlando Magic. Way too, I mean, if there was a most anonymous coaches Oh, award, yeah. The Mac? He, Clifford would also undoubtedly get the Mac. That's right. <laughs> most okay. anonymous coach. Wow. Steve Clifford. Okay. Mazel tov. So that uh, award was kind of rooted in shade. Yeah. We were insulting Yep. Uh, the members of that list. That's right. Let's do it again. Okay. The there's the NBA has the most improved player. Yes. I've already said that that award should go to Trey Young. <laughs> That's right. 
But our show, this show, Buckets, the award show on Buckets, mm-hmm. uh, is celebrating the least improved player this year. He didn't necessarily get worse. He just didn't get better at all. Yeah, just didn't improve. That's right. Right. This didn't can almost improve. This is almost the Sean Livingston um, career award. There you go. It's like, whoa, Sean Livingston will always get you 10 and 4. Just expect it and get it. Just give me a turnaround 14-footer. Right. For Whereas, a game. No no gains. For five years in a row. Now, should we say that, that the players on our lists should have had some gains in their career? Yeah. Like this year, like we, the expectation should have been that you should have done a little better than last. You should have, every player, unless they're like over 31, mm. should in theory be working on their game, adding to their game, getting Improving better. Improving their game. Yes. These players did that the least. That's right. Okay. Sean Livingston is still on the list for me. Sure. Because the namesake. That's right. He still hasn't added a three point uh, shot to his game. Yeah. He's the one point guard on the team that prides itself on shooting threes. Right. That, that doesn't. I th- believe shot 14 threes in his career. Yeah. Is Does he... not shoot threes. So let's piggyback off of that. Someone on my list. This yeah. is going to be a little, uh, you know, controversial. Ben Simmons, for the same reason. Yes. We live in this very specific NBA. Now, they do have Jimmy Butler. They do have Tobias Harris. They do have Redick and McConnell and even Embiid to a certain extent. These guys can all shoot threes. I don't know why Simmons gets a... Uh, get gets grief. Livingston. Nobody brings up the fact that he doesn't shoot threes. Nobody cares. Right. He's six foot seven. He's a shooting guard. He is a shooting guard. His position's name is shooting guard. That's tough. How he, many threes did he take? Uh, in his career, uh, or just like what's the most uh, embarrassing number that you could loft out about his threes? Because uh, like Simmons takes zero okay. every season. Refuses. So in he's been on the Warriors since their title first title around twenty fourteen fifteen. In his first year, he was 0 for 2. In his second year, he was 2 for 12. Wow. In his third year, he was 1 for 3. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was 0 for 5. This year, he's 0 for 2. So that's 24? So he's 24? made one three in his last three seasons. Yeah, I guess when you have the two greatest three-point shooters, arguably, of all time on your team, you maybe feel a little self-conscious to be hucking them up. As a it. warrior, he's 3 of 24. That's right. 1 of 8. That's... Over four seasons. That's a James Harden game. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. For a shooting guard... He did not improve. That's a tough team to improve on. Yeah, because they they all they need you for is four to seven points per game while Steph Curry is resting. But the ball is not going to you at all. No, you're catching a rebound, turning and shooting, or giving it to a, a substantially better player. He's Kevin great. Durant. He's great at what he does, but what he does is not shoot. Right. Some teams don't need that. <laughs> that's right. Some football teams need a quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over. Game Maybe manager. that's Livingston's role. Game manager. Okay, got it. So um, I left it at Ben Simmons on the same uh, fact, but the fact that yours is a shooting guard already beats Simmons. Jason Tatum. Tatum. Great rookie year. Yeah. Everyone's expecting the sophomore year to take a step towards all-star, yeah. if not be an all-star right. already. Did he overplay last Did he play above his pay grade last year, or is he playing below at this? Maybe a little bit of both. Okay. Maybe it was last year he was the man. Was, so he was, was Irving out? Uh, Irving was out Okay, for most of the year. And so it was just simply by demand. He got the ball more. That's right. Right. Last so maybe year, it was unfair expectations. Last year, 14 points per game, one and a half assists, five rebounds. This year, 15 points per game, two and a half assists, six rebounds. So he's improved. Minimal improvements. This is the least improved. And we were both on board. That's right. We were both on board with him being the favorite in that's, this category. That's right. But he has improved. A little bit. Categorically improved. That's right. One player who I don't think is categorically improved, <laughs> Hassan Whiteside of the Miami Heat. But has he deproved? I think he's deproved, and here's why. I don't want to see anybody go, like, 
in any direction. Right. Deproved or improved. Okay. We're looking for net neutral. All right. Well, here's what I'll say about him then in that argument. Okay. He plays about the same amount of minutes. His numbers have gone down a little. His expectations from the fans have definitely gone down a little. And he lost his starting role. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside was a center in the league. That's right. He was like a proper center, like a four-block center, like an 18 and 18 of four-block center in the league. Now he sits behind Bam Adebayo and <laughs> Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> not a good look. That's not improving. It's <laughs> you don't, if you're in the peak of your career and yeah, you're at sitting age 27, behind... 28, 29. He went from 17 points per game, 14, and now 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. not ideal. He signed that big contract cashed out Which no income sense. tax in florida he doesn't need to be he, better no yeah he he proved something once and now he doesn't need to improve or deprove ever again he that's proved right. that he can get paid once a good sign for him staying neutral mm. 11.4 rebounds per game last year yeah 11.4 this year okay good for my argument so that's he's doing okay that's pretty good he's doing good in the argument okay jalen brown Sort of the same thing. We all expected a yeah. a third year leap. Yeah. Didn't quite get it. I think he is playing a little bit better as of late. We do for the Celtics, I'm realizing that we are we're our expectations might be too high. Yeah. Not that they aren't like they're not reaching them because maybe we are expecting them who they were already playing yeah. better than they are. Yeah. And now we're expecting them to double that. It might be a systemic problem over there in mm-hmm. Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more I'm thinking your white side pick might be the best. I'll loft out two more. Okay. Frank Nilakina. Yeah, what's he what's he up to? Not improving. <laughs> Just leave it at that. First to second year. No, Slump? No or... improvement. No. Literally no improvement. <laughs> Just like if you're a Knicks like fan. Like he didn't work on his game in the offseason. Or he did and he didn't improve it. <laughs> like he just kept doing the same things and it did, nothing got better. He just yeah. does the same things. Like he went from a, we're, you know, we're going to see a ceiling soon. We're going to see a ceiling. Now it's like he can like guard the second or third best guard on their team. Yeah. And it's like, that's what we got with the six pick. Yeah. We took him with the six pick. <laughs> so I lost him out. And then this one's going to hurt LeBron James. Whoa. Yeah. He is pretty consistently 27, seven and seven. His numbers are consistent. And he had a lot of triple doubles this year, which yeah. I don't know if he does as much as he did this year. Yeah. But the fact that his he couldn't carry his team. He was he couldn't will his team. People don't talk about the fact that he missed 18 games. 18 games is plenty. If he didn't miss 18 games, I think he would have. It seemed like he didn't. We're, what was he doing with the team when him. he's hurt? Is he like playing, taking on player coach role? Like we saw images of Rondo when he was out with a clipboard yeah. being engaged and being like, I'm here to get the Lakers better. Yeah. I'm like a paid employee of the Lakers and yeah. I'm all in even when I'm not playing. That's right. There was images of LeBron walking into the stadium with red wine. That's right. <laughs> like he's produced and to his credit, so many cool television shows. He's an executive producer That's living right. in Los Angeles. That's right. My argument is that like he's starting to find this new thing that excites him, television, entertainment, media production. It challenges uh-huh. him, and that's where he's kind of putting his excess energy. That's right. That he might have, if he was in Cleveland or anywhere else, just been like, well, right now I have the Cavs in front of me, so I'm going to put all my excess energy. He didn't put that in. It didn't seem like he put that in to like will this team, even when he wasn't on the court, or like talk about the Lakers with pride. It just all of that seemed like it was missing. Yes. Yeah, so but is that a- least improved? I think so because the expectation of LeBron has always been like, no matter what, he's going to get you 50, 55 wins and they will be in the playoffs. That's right. Even when his numbers look different or the same, that's what the result will always look like. Yeah. And this is the first year where that like felt like it physically couldn't happen. Okay. So in that sense, 
he didn't he he deproved a little. Deproved a little. A little. But I think Whiteside improved and deproved yes. the least. Therefore making him the winner of <laughs> the 2019 least improved player. Yes. Congratulations, Hassad Whiteside, on my fantasy team. He wasn't quite like uh, Andre Drummond, like, oh, he's been practicing free throws. Right. He hasn't been doing that. Right. He hasn't been working on his low post game. There's he hasn't no, been working on blank. There's no videos of him working out with Hakeem Olajuwon working on his footwork. Not Hassan Whiteside. He doesn't care. He doesn't improve. He doesn't need to. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What else we got? What else do we got, Amir? Uh, I think we're down to the f- last few categories. Okay. Um... Oh, 15th man of the year. Okay, this is all you, dog. End of the bench, players that played pretty well for being literally the 15th best person on your team. Right. Alfonso McKinney. Couldn't tell you. Let's see if I can guess his team. Golden State. That's right. Holy crap. He's making threes. That's a true guess. He's doing pretty good. I know it's hard to convey to your (laughs) listeners at home that, like, I guessed that, but I guessed that. It's got to be somewhere in the deep recess of your brain. Watching a Steph Curry highlight and McKinney hits a three from the corner. I got to tell you, I have no relationship with McKinney. <laughs> that, I mean, I know Aaron McKee. Yes. But I don't know, what's Alfonso his first name? McKinney. Alfonso McKinney. Yeah. Okay. Getting some good run in Golden State. Okay, congratulations, He's going to be McKinney. an NBA championship in three months. He'll get a ring. Alex Caruso. Now, Caruso, we know. This guy's kind of becoming my man in LA. Yeah, everyone on the Lakers is your man at some point. He's getting minutes. Right. And he's making the most of his minutes. That's right. He's... Sneaky athletic for a balding six foot five inch white man. Yeah, the balding doesn't help. He's got a crustache. A crustache. He's got a crustache and a puby beard, and he's thinning. Hold. He's, he's thinning. Back it up. Beep beep beep. Yep. What's a crustache? Uh, a crusty mustache. Oh damn! Nobody it is thin, wants a crustache. That is brutal. Listen, I don't have a good beard either. Okay. But if I had what he had going on, I'm you, shaving it all off. Really? This guy can dunk. Wow. I would trade it all for his leaping ability. We, he's six we, foot five and he can throw down. I would love to do a makeover episode with uh, various NBA players. And he's making <laughs> just changes. Like what little changes we would make to help them? I can help. I can help AC Fresh Twenty One. I bet you could, you prick. Dude is a bucket. Dude right. can shoot. Right. Dude can pass. Dude can rebound. He can dunk. He can block. He's playing great. Yep. He's roughly our fifteenth man. And he will be on the Pelicans next year. Can't wait. He's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be the Tim Fraser of 2017, there you 2019, go. whatever. Thirty five hundred dollars on FanDuel. He's gonna be great for whatever team. Okay, on. Caruso, who's next? Remember Isaiah Hartenstein when Shut every other player up. on the Rockets Shut. went down? No way. And they using, no way. They were using German rookies named Isaiah Hartenstein. That's true. That's true. I thought Shy Gilchrist Alexander <laughs> had the longest last name in the NBA. <laughs> Hartenstein? Hartenstein. I'm Hartenstein. Yes. What? German. White? Rookie. Tall white. Hartenstein. He's a rookie? Who is he? What? He's a rookie. Didn't play college ball. Came from Europe. I believe he came from Europe. Wow. I kept hearing his name when the Rockets were like down to literally their 15th man. Really? As... Uh, this is like pre Chris Paul was or whoever they got? Fareed? Yeah. At one point, like Capella was out. Right. Oh, yeah. Pre Fareed. Right. Uh, Daniel House Jr., remember him? Yep, yep, That yep. whole miasma. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving it to Alex Caruso. Of course you He's are. putting up big numbers. I need a Laker to win something. I need some semblance of optimism here. That is a truly pathetic uh, <laughs> statement. I need some Laker to, to win, win something, something in this fake award show today. And that's the 15th man of the year. <laughs> the lowest of the low? The best of the worst. Alex Caruso. <laughs> Congratulations, Al. I see two team awards left. Oh, no, the Zion Award first. Okay, let's go to the Zion Award. Three team awards left, and then we're out of here. Let's do it, Amir. This is already our longest episode yet. Sorry. 
No apologies necessary. This is the Zion Williamson Award for who deserves him the most and will not waste his talents. Yeah. So I read this up until the first half. Okay. So it was who deserves him the most. I did not know and will not waste his talents. We need the basketball gods to mm. deliver Zion. Mm-hmm. We can't let him be wasted. This yes. is a once-in-a-generation thing. Right. To put him in Phoenix would be an absolute waste, waste of this very rare Put him in Cleveland, metal. absolute waste. Very close to absolute waste. But not absolute. Because it's, there's LeBron vibes there. There's that just like LeBron but dust still around. Phoenix and Cleveland, the most likely teams to get him, are not on my list of who deserves him the most and will not waste his talent. Okay, you go first. The Memphis Grizzlies. Really? That's right. Why? We still got Mike Conley, yes. which is a great point guard to pair him with. Yes, he's still amazing. We got Jaron Jackson. Yes. We got great crowds. We got great fans. We got a team that plays in the middle of America, mm-hmm. so they're not going to be playing too early or too late. We'll see a lot of Zion in Memphis. Are they trending up where it's like he's like a piece that will actually get them into the NBA playoffs? Because I don't think so. No. Right. That's Jaron right. Jackson is like kind of still a foul machine. That's right. He's Jaron Jackson is Zion light. Yeah, and they like rougher, way, yeah, way like way less refined. That's right. Has the physical tools, but isn't like doesn't know how to exactly keep them in control for forty eight minutes yet. Okay. So uh, Memphis Grizzlies is yours. Mm, that's my first. That's choice. your first one. Yeah, I'll go with the Atlanta Hawks. Great pick. They're number two on my list. Really. Trey Young. Yes. Zion Williamson. Yes. John Collins. Yes. And then Herder shooters. Sure everything they just have a lot of pieces but my favorite thing is they score 130 a game and they're cool they score 130 points a game without zion williamson they run they're reckless like it's just fast paced ball they they also give up 136 a game of course so it's like th- there's that <laughs> so that's but, that's great if you're a rookie but it's great if you're a fan yep. and the, he goes there that's right just because the gameplay will just be so fast and reckless exciting and young exciting and young a good urban city it's kind of just like has it's on the come up so no one's mad no one's mad if the Atlanta Hawks get Zion Williamson. Except for maybe the New York Knicks, the third team on my list. Same on my list as well. That's fun. Zion and MSG. But, but, but there's a very solid chance they waste his talent. Because, right? because that's of the, the past do. 22 years. But Fizdale seems to be a smart guy. He seems to be a smart guy. I, guess I still don't know how they don't, like, how would they waste, what's a good example of them wasting his talent? Um, I guess they bring in um, a Zion Williamson type and then like bring Zion off the bench mm, or don't really put him yeah. next to a point guard so he has to do too Dame much Dotson, and he doesn't look great. Dame Dotson gets yeah. Zion's minutes for <laughs> yeah. the first half of the season. That's right. Or you yeah. play him with Frank and like there's no cohesion, no right. real point guard there to feed him the ball. And the black cloud of James Dolan just floating over the place where Zion plays always feels like something could go wrong. And they're 1-19 so they don't necessarily, they're not going to be on national TV that much. Right. Damn. And they're the New York Knicks. That's right. Pathetic. Uh, Just pathetic. Here's an exciting team idea. Yeah. How about the Dallas Mavericks? Oh, wow. Who are like eighth, ninth worst team in the NBA. Mm. Imagine Zion with Luka and Porzingis. That would be salt in Knicks fans' wounds. That's right. That would be They didn't get Zion and they got Porzingis. That would be really, truly brutal. But a really fun team to watch. They have like 4% chance of getting the number one pick, something like that? Yeah. Which just seems low, but like the number one, the worst team has a 14% chance. Yeah, really. Which is three times as much. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, Last team that I have on my list? Yep. The Golden State Warriors. Whoa. The Warriors. How are they going to get Zion? I think that they would have to, I haven't figured out the surgery Mm -hmm. required to trade assets and stuff like that. I'm just saying that that would be even more fun. So That's the type of player they don't have right now. What about a sign and trade? You get, the Knicks get the number one pick. Would you do a sign and trade with Golden State to get KD? 
I don't think we have to, right? Yeah, you would just probably sign him out, right? Right. They would trade Steph Curry. I think that the Knicks would trade the number one pick, though. Think I think <laughs> there are players in the league that the Knicks would trade the number one pick for. Anthony Davis? I think so. Uh, that's <laughs> namely the player. <laughs> yeah. Like, that seems smart, right? I don't know. Because he could be gone in a year. Or you can have Zion at MSG uh, for right. four or five. Right, right. At a discount. The Knicks are going to get Cam Reddish. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to get Cam Reddish. <laughs> he deserves to be a Nick. He dribbles with his head down. <laughs> dribbles with his head down. Who deserves him the most? Who do you think he got? I think it's the Atlanta Hawks. I will agree with that. I think the Atlanta Hawks deserve him the most. Zion and I think and the fans deserve Zion on the Hawks That's the most. right. But they've but, done the most with the least. So if you add right, Zion to that. Right. Yeah, they're trending up in a big way. That's right. And they're uh, not tanking. They are not taking it. They're playing through. Maybe the basketball gods reward that. So congratulations to the Atlanta Hawks. We have All two right. more categories, Amir. That's right. Brother-sister categories. Brother-sister categories. We you want to start with the sad with one it. first? Uh, the sad one? Yeah. And then we'll end with a happy one. Okay, great. You want me to say it? Yeah. Our first category of our final two is the most miserable team currently in the NBA. <laughs> the saddest team. Zoom out. They Look want at the out. whole bench. One, two, three, Cancun. Get me out of here. Yeah. Get me out of here. The season is over. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy. Bickering. There's no dancing. Disappointment. Yep. Just, <laughs> they don't seem like they go bowling together. They don't play with joy. They don't play with joy. It does not spark joy. That's right. This team does not spark joy for its players. I got three teams on my list. I got three teams on mine as well. Okay. You go first. Your Los Angeles Lakers. My Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> they... They do seem miserable, correct? They fan base included. A little bit happier now, but Why? it's been a bad season. Why happier now? Because the season's because it's over? young. It's young players now. It's Lance Stevenson starting. It's Alex Caruso playing. That's what I would say. It's Lance, Rondo and Lance JaVale Stevenson McGee. is saving your team from being the winner because yeah. he still plays the guitar after funky threes. When Lo- he does do that, yeah. when Lonzo went down and Ingram got a life-threatening blood clot mm, thing mm-hmm. and Kuzma twisted his ankle mm-hmm. and LeBron was shut, like, playing limited minutes and yes. missed the playoffs. Yes. That was the lowest of the low. Yeah. They don't seem happy on top of it. LeBron, specifically, does, does not, not seem, seem happy. That's correct. Okay. And if LeBron's unhappy, your team is miserable. Trickle down. It's a miserable experience. Sadonomics. Another team I'll point out, Boston Celtics. That's right, which is the one good thing about being a Laker fan this year. The Celtics are also miserable. Miserable. So much so that certain players went on record as saying, we're just not happy right now. And they aren't. And it shows. And they're right. not playing with joy. Right. And it starts with their quote unquote best player who right. kind of is angling to leave already. That's what it already feels like, right? Kyrie Irving, one foot out the door. He didn't show up in game seven last year in the Easter Conference Finals. I bring that up a lot on this podcast, but I don't think we talk about it enough as in society. I support you 100%. His team, yes, the Boston Celtics, was playing against his old team. Yes. Game seven for the NBA Finals. Yes. And he had a nose job that day. Yeah. Come on. That means you're not a good leader. I've had a nose job. <laughs> and you can schedule that any day. That's right. There's not like you have to schedule it nine months in advance. <laughs> like, and it didn't feel like I got mine after my nose was shattered to pieces. That's right. He still had a nose. He still had a normal so, nose. So like he could probably have picked another day being like, hey, my teammates need my support. I'll be on the bench just in case I see something. Because I played on the opponent mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. I feel like I could help. Somehow. Also, if we win, I'd like to be there to celebrate with my team. Because I like you and you're my friends. No. But we might be the most miserable team in the NBA, so I don't I don't choose that option. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be there. Yes. And now I'm back, yep. and 
players don't like me yep. and I'm throwing them onto the, under the bus consistently. Was it Marcus Morris who said, we're not happy right now. It's That's just not right. fun to play. That's right. Tough. Yeah. You hear that and it's tough to not win this award. <laughs> so Kyrie's probably gone. Celtics are not happy okay. and they're still playing pretty well is the weird part. That's right. You compare them to the Lakers and they're like 14 games above 500 and yeah. fourth seed in the East. The East. It's the East. I'd like for the Celtics to lose in the first round, Kyrie to leave. Entirely possible. That's right. Entirely possible. This has been like a rebuilding decade leading up to the super team, and it might be crashing before yeah. it even became an A real 180 from last year's playoffs to what the team looks like right now. They were the happiest team last a year. A true 180. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other miserable teams? The Warriors don't look happy. Mm, you've definitely cited when he, they said we've won before and without you. Yeah, there's definitely some sort of weird beef animosity thing going on. The malaise of another season. The, yeah. It becomes tedious. They've been to four straight finals. going to be going on five. Right. DeMarcus is kind of, you know, a wrinkle in their team chemistry. Isn't that an interesting thing that the team with the most embarrassment of riches might be on our most miserable uh, well, that's how, that's how it works in real life, too. It's like the rich, sad right. billionaires right. who, like, have it all and it's still, like, philosophically not enough. Right. Just put yourself in this position for a second. Would you, and you're Amir Blumenfeld, whatever. Like, uh -huh. you're just like, but you're on an NBA roster. Mm -hmm. Would you prefer to play on, be a part of the happiest team, potentially, that wins 30 games for the year? Or would you prefer to play on a... 60 win Golden State team. Kerr's not the head coach. It's a bully head coach. Everyone yells at one another, but like you are the odds on favorite to win the NBA title. Which roster would you rather play on? Am I getting paid the same? Getting paid the same. I think I'd rather be on like the Sacramento Kings than the Warriors. With you. Unless, I, I agree. Unless they don't, unless the Warriors win the finals, then it's probably all worth it. I that agree. joy is worth a lot. I agree because you take so many flights yeah, with your teammates. That's right. And those tight spaces, if you hate those people and you're like, we're just like a second away from another flare up, yeah. that is toxic. It's toxic. And it, it just makes you sad for nine months. Yeah. I don't know if the Warriors uh, experience as much misery as we're no. uh, positioning on them, but they've definitely had the highest peaks of open yeah. misery. Uh, I tossed out the New Orleans Pelicans mostly because <laughs> yeah. of their leader just like being like, I don't like it here. I don't like it here. <laughs> oh, you have to play. All right, I'll play, but I don't want to be here. Fine. You have right. to play 20 minutes. Fine. I'll Pass you... it to Anthony Davis. Right. Why? Like, right. he doesn't, he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want us to win. We. He's actively bringing... A... He can't play more than 20 minutes, so now our whole team loses. <laughs> That's right. This and sucks. he doesn't care because he wants to leave. I'm going to be here next year. Right. You're messing with my money, Anthony. That's a bad situation. So who is the most miserable team in the NBA, Amir? <sighs> Am I wrong to say the Celtics? I don't think you are. I don't, I don't think you are because there was no other team outside of the Warriors for a moment that said, we are miserable. That's right. The, the Lakers Celtics could at said, least point to injuries. Right. We're not playing well because we're hurt. Right. The Celtics don't have injuries. Right. They have chemistry issues. I guess the question then becomes, is it someone who goes on record and says this team is miserable? Is that more uh, miserable than LeBron's body language when he doesn't go for a rebound and just like shrugs and like walks back to the bench. Yes, Because they're both yes. ways of conveying misery. <laughs> That's right. But perhaps the person who verbalizes it is more miserable. <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't even the most miserable person there. He was just commenting on he the was misery in... that's kind of pervading this that's entire right. experience. That's right. Right. So I'll give it to the Celtics. Congratulations, Lake, Celtics. Laker Homer. You dudes are miserable. Let's end with, uh, on a high note, the yeah. opposite, the happiest teams in the NBA. We're happy guys. That's right. It's a happy podcast. I got three basic four, like, you know, three forerunners. Teams that spark joy. That's right. Okay. I think anyone would agree on these three teams. Okay. 
We got the Brooklyn Nets. I have them on my list. They're dancing. They're happy. They're happy. Yes. They They're go related. To, there's a video of them at the Long Island Nets G League game. That They're says all, it all, you know, high fiving each other. They're G, like supporting their G League organization. And Brooklyn's a great city to be with your friends. That's, right. That's a friend's city. Friends become family. 22 in to 25 year olds hanging out in Brooklyn. We experienced that same life and we were happy. <laughs> That's right. Okay. The Clippers are very happy. An extremely happy team. That's right. I have them on mine as well. They love each other. They love each other. They love playing for one another. They're still in LA. Pat Bev is just one of those players you want on your team. Lou Will seems to be like the man and more so the man every day. Well positioned. They have draft picks. They're still like a real playoff team. They That's are right. just like playing with energy. You couldn't like point to their best player, but they're a happy team. Happy team. Proud of themselves. And lastly, the Sacramento Kings. I have them on my list as well. Above expectations, just a happy Yep. Crazy fans. Yep. Awesome good times at home. Great to watch. Surpassing expectations. They all seem like they really like playing this style of pace. That's right. Fast. Fast and fun and young. Projected to win 25 games. They are now over like 42. I don't know if they're over 42 yet. Really? I think they're they're gunning to finish 500. Oh, okay, got so it. They have like 38, 39 wins right now. Okay, good. That's good for my over-under. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they seem really fun. And that's such a, like when you win 13 more games than Vegas projected, you're clearly at some point playing for one another too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's they're like you can go, one, there's five games a season that can go one of two ways based on mood. Yep. You know what I mean? Effort. Yeah. And if they're going to be plus 17, they're probably a pretty happy team. Who's your happiest team? I think my happiest team, and this might surprise you, isn't the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. I think it's the Los Angeles Clippers. You think the Clippers are happier than the Nets? I feel like the Clippers actively talk about, <laughs> the players actively talk about how happy this environment is. Yeah. And maybe it's Pat Bev, like, kicking it all off, but, like, Lou Will, too, everyone seems, like, proud of this team. Yeah. What this team right here is doing. With Montrez Harrell, these, like, kind of, like, players you're, like... Everyone's overachieving. Yeah, it's hard for me to ignore the Brooklyn Nets dancing on the bench. Yeah, they're just they're 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 partying during the game. Yeah, if they had invented that, I'd like that's a college basketball thing that now the NBA is kind of adopting, where it's that's like right. these little like choreographed dances because that's a <laughs> clever way for bench players to get on camera. Yeah, plus the G League thing. Yeah. That's a that's a big one. It helps. Like yeah. I'm not mad. Like I trust me. If we were going to give the East Co- <laughs> like the Eastern Conference happiest team, yeah, it's Brooklyn. Yeah. But I think overall and shout out Jared Dudley by the way. Yeah, he seems right. like he keeps people happy. <laughs> he genuinely seems like he keeps people happy on his teams. He's going to be a great assistant coach one day. Yep. Yep. He got into a Twitter war with our friend CJ. That's right. <laughs> Leave that off to the side. But I'm giving it to Los Angeles. Do you think it should be the Nets? I think it should be the Nets. Why don't we give an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference happiest team? Okay, great. So That then, way we both leave happy. Okay. Everyone leaves happy. <laughs> Congratulations to the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Clippers for having not only successful seasons, but also happy ones. All right. We talked about least improved. We talked about least funny. The happiest teams, the best teams, the best players, the MVPs, the ROIs, the third ROIs. There's a lot we went over Let's hear what people think. Yes, and Did let's we hear what categories they, they come up with. Yeah, new categories, new nominees. If we chose the wrong winner, let us know what you think. Who's yeah. the actual... If you could find out mathematically who the least improved player is. Yes. I bet there's some algorithm that could spit out this person hasn't improved or deproved at all over the course of the year. Yes. Uh, thank you for coming by on such short notice, creating an award show with me. Returning champion, Billy <laughs> Scafuri. <laughs> Anything you want to... Shout out before you get out of here. Check out the No Joke podcast on HeadGum. Hell yeah. It's good for everybody That's in the right. room. That's right. At Billy Scafuri on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, be nice to people. Okay. Just generally be nice to people. And I think you'll be back next week as we uh, figure out this over-under league. 
This is almost the end of our over-under league. We're, oh my God. We got to go back. We got to run it back. See how everyone's predictions did. This is like lost. It's either go back. It seems like either you, Lustig, or Marty won. Great. And I haven't specifically done the math to figure out who won. Yeah, for two guys who love doing math, it seems like we're really reluctant to just do the math. Yeah, because there's still like five to six games to be played. Right. Too many variables. I don't want to have to do math twice. But wouldn't you think that it'd be more fun for us to be like, oh, now we need to see how these last five games play out to see the winner? It would be. And I I think if I were one of the top three, I'd be doing the math. You are (laughs) self-involved. It's up to you. You are self-involved. It's up to you to do the math, Mr. Winner. You got $82 times however many Six, seven, eight of us? Yeah, I could do that math. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's 640 bucks. Let's get paid. How much of that do I get just for starting as the commish? Uh, We'll figure out that math offline. (laughs) Uh, All right, that's it. That's our time. Thanks for listening to Buckets. We'll be back next week. Later, everybody. See ya. That was a HeadGum Podcast.